Hi, I'm Heather Yang. I'm a podcaster, entrepreneur, consultant, and a parent at the primary day school in the suburb of Washington D.C. In this podcast, you will hear the insight about primary day school from the head of school, teachers, students, and parents to discuss PDS value, belief, diversity, and inclusion. Not just academic, but also our life. Welcome to the Beacon Voices a podcast for Primary Day School. Hi, everyone. This is Heather, and today we have invited the、uh, director of diversity, Ryan, from Primary Day School. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing today? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. So,、uh, for those who did not know you, could you please let us know?、Uh, A little bit more about your background and how did you get started with primary day school? Yes, absolutely. So I've been in、um, excuse me education for you know over fifteen years and in, in different capacities. I started、uh, a lot of my work in educational nonprofits and leading and directing out of school time programming. So I started in Baltimore City and with middle school grade. And we had、uh, summer and school year programming where the premise was to get. Our students, we call them scholars, into top high schools around the city,、um, and so you know from there I was building my capacity as an educator. Found my way on this side of the Beltway、uh, from Baltimore now to D.C. and was at a school in Upper Northwest,、um, leading、uh, extended day programming there as well. And I came to Primary Day、um, out of an opportunity, and I saw a. A chance to be a part of this community through a posting、um, as they were looking for a new extended day program director、mm-hmm. and also their PE teacher.、Um, okay. And so I took that chance to、um, try a new new thing. Okay,、uh, and you have been here for how many years? Seven years. Yes. So I'm entering into my seventh year, and what I can appreciate most about primary day is I've. Been able to find、um, some professional growth here, and so while I, you know, started off as the PE teacher and、um, directing extended day, I continued to、uh, direct our、um, extended day programming as well. But now I wear the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion hat as well, and so, you know, and I'm heavily focused on that work as、um, it's kind of. Been a passion as well to to ensure that you know equitable education、um, is available to all children. Yes, that's very cool.、Um, you just reminded me you're also in charge of the grasp. By grasp, we mean、uh, the extended program after the regular school hours here in primary day. So, can you let、uh, us know what are the current programs? Uh, are running right now. Yeah, so our after-school programming at Primary Day, it's called the Golden Rule After-School Program,、mm-hmm. um, happily named after Biko, our mascot, and、yes. his Golden Rule. And so we offer different classes like chess and science, Lego robotics,、mm-hmm. um, hockey, and things of that nature.、Um, Where we, you know we want to have opportunities here at our school as well for our children to enjoy after the bell, where they can continue to explore,、um, find new interests, and more importantly, socialize with、um, across grade levels and and meet new new friends after school. 
Yes. So are the teachers from the primary day school teacher or you have partners from the external communities? We have partners from both. Um, okay. So we're very fortunate to have very talented and skilled teachers here um, in the classroom, um, but also um, some with skills and interests where after school they can teach um, something that they, they want to be able to share with our, our children. And so we have primary day school teachers along with our after school partners that have been with us for, for many years. And also um, you may be familiar at other uh, independent schools as well. Yes, um, I'm pretty shocked about the expansion of this program because of the pandemic, it was paused for a year or so, right? Uh, previously, I remember when I signed up like three or four years ago, it only have maybe a selection anywhere around 10. But this year, I remember if my memory is correct, it's expanded to almost double the size, right? Yes, um, <laughs> it, it is quite interesting, you know, life pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. Yes. You know, currently still in, in a pandemic. Um, but we found that there's so much more interest now, I, I feel like, um, with our world pausing for a moment. And, you know, children and all of us adults alike, um, you know, not being able to be around each other, not being able to participate in things. And now that uh, these opportunities are available. I feel like families um, want to make sure they're, they're taking advantage and taking these opportunities um, as they should be. And so we're so fortunate that, um, you know, we're, we're seeing the interest and it helps build our program. You know, we can see what programs we can add, um, what else do we need. Uh, but yeah, it, it does bring in this capacity uh, issue where, you know, it, this growth is great to see um, so, so quickly. And so we're, we're looking at ahead at, you know, those trends and how to best manage and, and meet those um, demands. Yeah. And I also noticed that a lot of teachers' potentials have been expanded too. In the beginning, it's just, you know, art teacher teaching art. But right now, there are so many uh, teachers teaching dancing or uh, other languages, which is very unique and, you know, fresh to me. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that she can do that. Oh, I didn't know she can do that. Yeah. A lot of, you know, new things just happening after the yeah. pandemic that did change something. <laughs> Absolutely. Not just their discipline and, yes. and what they teach during the school day, but here's an opportunity after school. It's like, I, I not only do this, but I can yes. also do that. And um, this is where we want to explore that. This is, this is the opportunity where we can have, uh, you know, a little bit of fun after yes. school. Yes. Uh, so other than the um, GRASP, the uh, extended program, what else do you do? You just mentioned the DEI program. Can you brief us what that's about? Yes, absolutely. So as the Director of Equity and Inclusion here at Primary Day, I'm um, tasked um, and charged with our diversity work. And that encompasses a lot. Uh, you know, I would, I would start back... You know, a couple years ago, pre-pandemic again, I always feel like we're referring to everything. Pre-history. Pre-history, <laughs> pre pre-pandemic. Um, but as a school, and, you know, when we talk about growth, not just with uh, different programming, but as a school in itself, right, and wanting to continue to be a leader in early education, the school is constantly evolving as well. And um, we were going through an accreditation process. And one of the items that were pulled out was around diversity. And so the school really took charge to ensure that 
this uh, became uh, at the forefront and, and focal for um, the future years and planning um, for, for our school. And so what evolved through that was the development of the diversity statement. So first of its kind here at Primary Day. And so adopted by the Board of Trustees, developed within a working group here of teachers um, through a uh, course of a number of years to begin to develop. And so with any, you know, independent school, nonprofit, you know, we're guided by our mission. And so the importance of that statement, our diversity statement, was it helped align us and continue to stay on track with what our mission was for our goals there as well. So we began with our teachers and professional development, right? So we wanted to begin opening up the conversation. What conversations were we having? What weren't we having? And so now it became more formalized where we could get together in a professional de development setting to talk about things such as um, microaggressions, unconscious bias, you know, teaching and learning in, um, you know, a global society, what that looks like for our students in particular, right? And who's, who's in our seats and who's not in our seats. And we describe that as sort of our, our windows and mirrors. You know, how do our students that we currently have see themselves reflected within basically our school walls, you know, everything around them. Our windows being, you know, who in our community, in our global society do we want to ensure um, has a voice as well and is, in, is visible um, within our school community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I also remember that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, starting from last semester, there you also started to involve parents into that diversity and inclusion programs, and we had quite a bit of discussion last semester, right? Yes, um, um, thank you for bringing that up. Our affinity groups oh, yes. uh, began um, last spring, um, and yes, that's an effort as we continue. So, you know, with our teachers in, you know, the delivery of the, the robust curriculum, the other stakeholders that, you know, are, um, that we wanted to make sure we tapped into was our parent body. And so what evolved out of that was the formation of our parent affinity group. And we just wanted to create uh, space and time for folks to gather and just to, you know, whether new families, families that have been here for a while, have alum children, current children, but an area where, you know, they can talk about the school, uh, meet each other, um, and really kind of push us and um, each other into ways where, you know, having difficult conversations, let's just say, or, you know, appreciativeness of what the school does bring. And so what, how can we continue to build upon that, you know, as, as uh, people of color and, and various backgrounds ethnicities and religions, right? You know, how, how are we all included in these conversations and represented in our school? Yes, I do remember we have some um, very broad and interesting discussions uh, last semester, uh, like a talk about uh, the race issues. Uh, that's really, um, you know, something most people don't talk about it, but it's happening every day, it's happening everywhere. Uh, in this country, but or also in this world. And that's the world our kids are going to face. Absolutely. And I, I think why it's important, you know, as a school like Primary Day, um, we have the youngest ones. Yes. Um, 
pre-K to second grade, but in very age-appropriate ways, we can ensure that we're providing the education and the socialization and the outlook where, you know, as our theme for the year is to be kind people, right? That they be respectful and inclusive to um, everybody around them and the ability to be able to respond and know how to act towards one another um, when things do come up. And so I do believe at a very early age, it is important to begin having some of these preliminary conversations around diversity and inclusion, you know, for our children, you know, fairness is a is a easy way to sort of understand what's right, what's wrong. Should I have that? Who has this? Um, and then we build on those conversations. Um, what we do know is many of our students will go off into some uh, great institutions outside in our current area, whether it's public or private. Um, but these conversations are beginning to exist in in, uh, in our upper grades as well. And so we're equipping our students with great math skills and reading skills and writing skills. And now we're, we're now including the piece around, you know, socialization and, um, you know, awareness of our world and our community, each other. And I think uh, more importantly, like ourselves, this sort of uh, self-identity, this racial identity that, that young children um, are going to, begin to develop within themselves at an early age. They just may not know how to conceptualize it or, or really understand what's what's happening. And sometimes that we just offer that guidance and, you know, seeing how um, work, working with children to to work through that. Yes, I think you, um, you, you just uh, covered a very uh, important point because uh, as a parent, I would say I'm a little bit on the laid back side that people only realize there is like a race issue or the self-identity issue when you are grown up or when you are a bigger teenager, like 16 years old or 18 years old, it's a time you realize. But it's actually happened much earlier. Uh, maybe at four years old, they could not tell the difference and, oh, you, you look different than me. They will say, you know, we're all the same. Uh, but you, it's just you never know when that moment will happen. So it's crucial to help them to know how to have this kind of conversation or how to handle it before it's really become an issue. It's more like you can pick to do your fire prevention program in advance or you can do nothing until there is a fire exactly. really occurs exactly. and then you call 911 right. to help. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, young kids, they begin to... Um, make connections very early, at a very yes. early age, and um, begin to, to group. Um, and without intention, but they just are, are being able to see, you know, what is different, who is different. Um, and so it's being able to guide those, those conversations and the bias, mm -hmm. you know, because then as they begin to get older and what they either are um, consuming on TV Yes. Um, in print materials, uh, you know, we don't like to think about it too early. Yeah. For the kids here, you know, there's there is social media. There is, there's all these different things that um, impressionable to to uh, everybody's minds, and so like you said, equipping ourselves with the the knowledge to know, you know, well, that's actually false. This that's a that's not factual. You know, that's a bias. I know that not to be true. You know, and so. We want to disrupt those conversations. We want to make sure that um, children are aware that, you know, our world is diverse and it comes in so many beautiful ways. 
and um, you know to start developing those those individual thoughts for themselves to be able to na- navigate those those tough tough conversations and those things they see and when they get around people you know. Yeah, I do remember in one of our conversations, there is a uh, a father of color. He mentioned that he did not have that concerns from the daughter yet, but he knows when it happens, it will be big. And I remember that uh, conversation um, very well because uh, I know what he's talking about is right, is that you cannot wait everything happen to correct it. You'd better do it in advance to get them prepared so they know... Uh, what to do because they are so young at this age they're only four years old five years old a lot of times they say it maybe it's not intentional maybe you know they didn't mean it but it's important for them to know what are the things it's okay to say and what are the things not okay to say to others because again we're coming from different cultural background or different countries that it's okay to say certain things here but it's not okay to say certain things there it's just uh, mean totally different things right yes yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for myself, you know, you were mentioning before, thinking back when um, we were younger or, or growing up, you know, it's, it's not now, now that we're older, we're, we're sort of realizing these things. I think back and I, I look in our classrooms and, you know, I, I do love and appreciate what I, I, I see and I hear um, amongst the children and, and them being able to share. And, you know, I, I'm just reflective on my own um, education as well, um, where uh, it wasn't as diverse. Um, and so, you know, I think about, you know, early memories of when did I feel like I was, you know, a little bit different or, you know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to always authentically bring my full self to school. There was parts of me that, you know, I want to leave at home. I don't want to let anybody know I'm overly different um, from anybody else. I want to be just like everyone else. But there is a part of me, something I, I couldn't verbalize. I didn't know how to describe it. But there was parts of me that I just wasn't saying out loud to my friends or to my teachers because, you know, you know, I had immigrant parents at home and you know I don't know I you know it's one of those things with when we talk about when we dive deeper in these different conversations around race and identity um what that what that looks like you know you want to be proud but then that racial identity piece is it I'm masking or am I ashamed right and so it does start at early age to really build that that um that positive racial identity of self um, to be sure that, you know, um, kids have the language to be able to, to say what they feel. Yes, um, I totally agree that it's never too early to do it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's important bec- with this, with the, the conversations, uh, being open about conversations. I think for a long time, you know, conversations about race were sort of taboo. Nobody really yes. wanted to talk about them or... If they were talking about them, it was in a negative light or mm-hmm. something occurred or, or things like that. But, you know, being able to open the conversations and be able to learn from one another of the experiences that they've had or, in fact, what history has told us and shown us and to be uh, more conscious about that. I think it allows us to say, you know, before I say something, before I do something, what is it that... Uh, who's my audience? Who am I talking to? Am I being respectful to, 
to um, the person I, I'm going to be com- conversing with or even towards a group of people. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's where it all starts and it's never ending. Right. Yes. I, I think these conversations are never a checkbox. Um, we did it. We had a training on it. It's continual mm-hmm. um, because we have to constantly grow and learn. And if we say we're not, then um, I, I'd argue the point that, well, I, I feel like then you probably need to do more. Yeah, especially with right now, the globalization, um, the people are more connected with each other than before. Uh, previously, I guess, if you look at uh, the demographics of the Batas or Potomac, it may be very different than what we are having today. So we are kind of like facing a different world that we are more connected with each other than we thought or expected. Um, I don't know if you did the calculation, but for me, I, I think I already seen more than... Um, more than 20 countries of where the PDS families are coming from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that probably sounds about right. I don't have the, the hard data myself either. But yeah, I, I would say over the years, um, you know, we, we're continuing to grow and, and become a very diverse community of backgrounds and ethnicities and, and different cultures. Um, and, you know, even this, this past first half of the year, um, welcoming our families to celebrate, um, you know, no, not just... Um, you know, holiday traditions, but yes. many things throughout the calendar year or specific to to one region or culture that um, we may not have had a conversation around. But, you know, the sort of the Beco Feathers program kind of formulating, um, it, it is what we've always done as a school, invited parents to share about themselves. But it, there's an intentionality around it now, you know, we want to make sure everybody is invited to share about themselves um, as a family. So that way, like you said, we can then build this tolerance uh, and better understanding, I really think is what it is, um, about one another. You know, this sort of like unknowing. And so we just lean on what media t- tells us or our own biases um, without having actually explored or learned about or done our own sort of research uh, about um, other groups of people or things that we're unaware of. Yes, um, I remember I sent my kids to the daycare who speak Spanish, so they learn a lot, you know, um, the holidays or traditions uh, from the um, South America. Uh, but right now, I feel like the PDS is doing a more robustic thing that sometimes it's about a Jewish festival. They bring the food, the story home, and sometimes they are celebrating a Hindu festival. Uh, it's not just the, you know, uh, Thanksgiving and the Christmas as all the other yes. schools are doing. It's just the more diversified. And yeah. every year we have that talk about the Chinese New Year. So right. it's just uh, so, you know, in-depth. And the kids love it. They want to know about different country, different culture, different food their friends are eating, um, different programs going on. I think it's very important for them to know that. Um, yes, we are different. We're coming from different continent. Our ancestors coming from different continent. But also at the same time, uh, this is, I don't know if that's the right word to describe it, is to reduce the fear about uncertainties, about something unknown, uh, that we are more alike, that we are human beings at the end of the day. We are more alike than we thought before. Right. Right? So I think that's very important to get them prepared at the early age yeah. that I may not celebrate the same holiday as my friend sitting next to me, but we share so many same values and we have more 
in common than they're different. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, it's, and like I said, as a school then, right, I, you know, I, these are big conversations and we'll do it in very age appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. You know, entering this school year with our PDS values, these are, are very tangible ways for our early learners to really know and to kind of grab onto of like just how to be kind. And when you're being kind, it's because, you know, you're respecting everything someone brings to school, you know, that themselves, their appearance, what they think about, what they want to share, what's in their mind or, you know, you're not making fun of an answer they give, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or um, food in their lunchbox. Yes. You know, anything like that, right? We're, we're, we're becoming to be that kind world that, that we want to provide that baseline for, for, for our kids. And, you know, then that next step is advocating for one another, being able to step uh, uh, step up for, for somebody that may be being mistreated or somebody mm-hmm. said something wrong towards, right? And so now um, we're building that capacity of our kids that not only am I going to be kind, but when I see unkindness, I know when to step up and I know how to um, look out for, for each other. Yeah, I think that's very important. 